0: welcome to the permanent good podcast a podcast that's part movie club part improv comedy my name is craig wells aka permanent handle
1: and i'm alex good aka alex good
0: what area needs its time in the spotlight for a horror movie and let me explain where this came from okay so i've been playing this game called the sinking city which is pretty much like a Lovecraft-based horror game that takes place in Massachusetts, like just outside of Boston. And I'm like, wow, what an irrelevant place to put a horror thing. So I'm just like, what else deserves its time as a horror movie?
1: I mean, there's a lot of places in general that get street cred only for, you know, a TV show. Like, Lima, Ohio for Glee.
0: Yeah, and like, how, like, every Stephen King book is set in Maine.
1: Yeah, it's just gotta be somewhere obscure. Or how Twilight was set in forks washington yeah like they have to be like in a little known town but i have to base it off a real place that's a really small town but now this town that was obviously not known for anything beforehand is going to get so much polit- publicity for like decades and decades because i mentioned it one time and it's totally not relevant to the plot it's yeah like all over the place
0: like the city from wild hogs <laughs> that's a real place i'm pretty sure yeah Didn't we look like, into that when we reviewed that movie that wild hogs was like in a real town <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm sure it was. I I mean, we did an episode on wild hogs, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like 60 episodes ago, like over a year ago. Um, I think like the place that we grew up had a like urban legend. Like, are you like super familiar with like what did we what was it? The Pinheads?
1: I mean, I don't know. I've never heard that before.
0: Okay. Yeah. The area that we grew up had like, I, I'm, I'm foggy on the details. Cause believe it or not, I did not investigate much further, but it was like stereotypical. Like you drive the back roads of the more country towns in the County and like you do it at the wrong time of night and like cone heads would jump out of the, out of the cornfields and like attack your car.
1: Dude, what does that mean?
0: What What do you mean? What does that mean?
1: What are cone heads?
0: Um, like people with like pointy heads. You know the Dan Aykroyd bit from Okay, SNL? that like, bit. Yeah, I didn't
1: know if it was like something else or we're really referring to an NFL, like NFL. Dude, I'm having a stroke. I yeah, swear, on my struggling. life. Yeah, you've been struggling. I I've noticed, and we're gonna totally switch topics from cone heads and whatever. Um, I've noticed more recently that I've been stuttering. <sighs> more often like frequently and it's also affected like my vocabulary recall and it feels and it's happening while i'm talking it genuinely feels like i don't know what i'm saying until i say it and my mouth is like constantly it's on a lag for my brain and it's so freaking annoying i don't even know if it's like i'm not even worried about it but it's one of those things that like i have no reason to be less eloquent. You know what I mean?
0: Um, I mean, you probably do have reason to be less eloquent. Like, I mean, not to get all therapist on you, but like, I know maybe there's a new stressor added to your life that might be causing it.
1: But I you knew what it might be. It might be because I've been talking to a half of my conversations are with a one and a half year old. Okay. And the second I transition to big words, my brain's like, okay, figure this out. You can do this.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're worried about it, you could... Talk to your doctor about it.
1: I just feel like I am definitely, I don't feel like I'm getting stupider. That's the worst part is I feel like I'm smarter than I was like last year, but I am speaking worse recently.
0: Yes. So I understand what you're talking about because there is a distinct and noticeable difference. I've noticed from when I record the podcast on my medication and when I record the podcast off my medication. So when I'm not on my Adderall, I cut out so many, like, blanket ums and uhs. It's, like, almost frustrating to me as an editor. Because I've, like... You know, my cadence has been set in stone for a very long time. I take long pauses to think about what I'm exactly trying to say. But, like, very rarely when I'm on my medication do I need to use those filler words. So I I know what you mean by that.
1: I think it's just frustrating for me because either I've always talked like this, right? And I've just been quick to figure out what I'm saying. Or recently I have stopped thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. And I've just, like... I'm perpetually falling over myself when I'm trying to talk. And it's obnoxious. I feel like I'm running downhill and my mouth's like, hey, man, we need to slow down because I can barely keep up.
0: I think you just need to try harder. Have you tried or, that? Have you tried trying harder?
1: I haven't. And I think maybe at the very least I should just like script everything. Maybe this okay. podcast needs to become scripted. Yeah.
0: I and mean, half just, of it is anyway. So And we
1: just write out the podcast the entire podcast and that way i think our banter will be top notch i think our laughs per minute will go up substantially um and it might be just better for the podcast if we just try we should try for an episode i don't know when
0: yeah just script an entire episode
1: maybe we should go back and listen to like the new year's resolutions make sure we can hit all those before the end of the year and then our resolutions for next year we'll script an entire episode (laughs) okay pages and pages of dialogue
0: what whatever you want also, in case you were curious, the urban legend was melon heads, not pants. Okay, heads.
1: sweet. Just making sure.
0: <laughs> all right, are you ready to talk about our movie?
1: Let's talk about our movie, man.
0: Uh, it is uh, the first week in October, which means it's time for my least favorite time of the year. Oh boy, it's gonna be a rough month for Craig. It is our ho- uh, it is our horror movie month. We're gonna be watching horror movies all month. We're starting with Scream, nineteen ninety one. Courtney Cox, she 96. was the only ninety six. Oh, yep. Whatever. No worries. What do I know? I forgive you. Um, was she the only star when this movie came out?
1: Um, Neve Campbell was known, but not well known. Uh, Skeet Ulrich, who plays Billy, was famous, and Drew Barrymore was a bona fide star too.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, she's not in too much of that movie though. No, I mean, I, th- I guess so.
1: And then Matthew Lillard, um was famous and then Rose McGowan was famous as well. This had like relatively good people in it but there was no like A-listers outside of Courtney Cox.
0: Yeah, so but what I mean is like nobody was famous with the exception of like Courtney Cox and Drew Barry or yeah, Drew Barrymore. Very few people were famous when this movie came out. This movie catapulted a lot of people into stardom. Um but if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie in depth, you can skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code 26:36.
0: So I mentioned last week that this movie had a lot of work to do because I knew the plot twist, right? The whole movie is like almost a whodunit in that we know there's a killer. We yep. know the killer is someone we know. We just don't know who exactly it is. And I knew one of the two killers, which, you know, we'll talk about later on. We'll Okay, so we're not chance.
1: doing spoilers, by the way which we can
0: yeah. dip into it towards the end we'll let you know
1: okay okay but you also just said one of two spoiler uh killers so now they know you know
0: okay well you can fight me
1: <laughs> okay
0: um and I, so basically to go back on that statement is just i think that this movie is a very by the numbers slasher flick w- that is saved by the kind of heart That it has. This movie intentionally parodies slasher, the slasher genre, while also participating in it itself. And I think that it balances those two things very well. Okay. Um,
1: Pause. I found it extremely annoying how self-aware it was. It was the I've never watched a movie with so many movie references in it. And these are not obscure movie references. It's like, hey, remember that one? They're watching movies in the movie that are real movies. And they're talking about like, well, if you're going to survive a scary movie, you got to run out the door. Don't go upstairs. Those people always get killed. You're going to survive a movie. You can't have sex. If You're going to survive a movie. Make sure that you don't go anywhere by yourself. And then it still does that. And it it references the movies and the real actors who did it. And it does that throughout the entire movie. And it gets really bad at the end. And I found that super annoying. I'm like we get it. this is not like every other scary movie it was but it was obnoxious to me. it was okay it was too meta.
0: I agree in the sense that like during the climax of the movie when like everything's going down, they're whipping these movie references like left and right. It's like every other line. also at-
1: they say this is not a movie. It doesn't work like that. This is not a movie. And I'm like, you dummies, it is. And you're saying it so many times. It's now it's not even funny anymore. It's obnoxious of saying That
0: it. is a comp- <laughs> that is a complaint that we have had since before we started releasing episode. That we've I I don't that exact complaint was made on our very first beta episode when we talked about Project Power. Um, because there's a similar line in that movie, so it's been a problem for like 30 years.
1: It's just one of those things that, like, you just don't say it because it is, and we know it is, and apparently in the movie, you're not, but it, it can only be played comedically. But they're yes. saying it seriously, and they say it more than once, and I just didn't think it's funny because. As soon as that happens, it turns the entire movie into a parody. It's it's a fourth wall break, and anytime fourth wall breaks happen, it pull it intentionally pulls me out of the movie, and I don't like that. So that might just be a pet peeve. But it's hard not to discount the entire movie because of it, because it happens so often.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a taste thing, because I like fourth wall breaks when they're done well. And I think they are done well for a for the majority of the movie, up until, like I said, that third act, when they kind of start ham-fisting a lot of references like that. Um, but yeah, so that's not, that wasn't really a big deal for me. Okay. Um, I think, overall, this movie does a good job at keeping the suspension like tied to specific scenes so uh I I think it did a good job of being like here's a scene with tension here's a scene with levity and then we're gonna bring you a little bit more tension not a lot but a little bit more and so there's kind of like this cycle of like you're not always tense because if I'm watching a movie and I'm tense the entire time that's not a fun experience for me Mm-hmm. It needs to happen in phases. And I think that this movie does a good job at having those phases while still kind of staying on track the entire time.
1: Yeah. Um so another thing about this movie, right? It's a big Who Done It. People get murdered in the first scene.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um it's been done. I've seen a, we've obviously seen it both ways. Just look at our last, you know, last year when we did the slashers. I don't know if I like it or not. I think I do.
0: What do you not like? What what are you questioning?
1: About whether or not I like the villain being introduced off the bat. Because what that does for me is it pulls back the curtain and shows me, like, the capabilities of this person, if that makes sense. Like, the good thing about Jaws is you didn't see the shark for most of the movie. It's so tense. And so, like, the suspension is building the entire time. This, if I see how he kills people early, um, it kind of lets me, like, it, it so- breaks the ice. I know, it, yeah. I think it also like builds it because now we know that he calls people before he kills them, which means anytime a phone rings, it builds it. So I guess you could say that happens. However, this guy is the most incompetent killer I've ever seen. He he's is clumsy. He's weak. Girls are teenage girls with no martial art experience are flipping this guy around like he's doing somersaults and backflips. This guy's flipping all over the place. Um yeah. He's and he's got a knife, bro. And half these times these girls can run... cuz most people like get killed are girls, not all of them. Um they're running all over the place. They're fighting back and it this guy is struggling to kill people.
0: Yes. And the killer also didn't have as much it, it I could tell that like they wanted Ghostface to like be kind of like a charismatic antagonist, but they didn't give him enough charisma right he's on the phone and he's chatting with his victims and he's like doing a little bit of banter he's like toying them along a a little bit but like it's not very funny it doesn't make him like
1: he doesn't seem like the joker where everything is planned out meticulously and you're falling into his trap it doesn't feel like there's a trap it feels like he's just messing with you
0: I want to double back a little bit and just talk about the like how the opening scene is um a crime, you know, him doing a killing. Sure. I thought that was really good because I think that is one of those topics where we need in the genre both because I think that if every opening of a horror movie was one of the killings happening, it would be like repetitive and it'd be difficult to get creative with that. But if we only had this mysterious, like we, like we don't know who's doing the killings. We don't have a face to put on this. Then I think it leaves too much to the final act. Right? So I think both are a very healthy option, especially since, like, we don't see the true identity of Ghostface until, you know, the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. We're still able to see what he does and how he does it without seeing who he is. So there's still a mystery involved in it. And so I really like when horror movies start with a killing because it gives me an expectation of what to expect, which is redundant an expectation of what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this movie is a lot like, I think Friday the 3rd, no, I think Nightmare on Elm Street was also like this to compare it to what what we watched last year of like shots that lingered in the background for like one second longer than they should. And just to kind of give you that like sense of, did you see someone run behind that window? Like that, mm-hmm. that's what that opening scene did for me is like it established what kind of like tension-building techniques they're going to use. And I thought that, that was very useful for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, I guess go back and forth on that. But this movie... The problem with this movie is that it found all my pet peeves and put them in a movie. Not all of them, but too many of them. This this has the curse of the 90s where we cast people 10 years older than high schoolers to play high schoolers. um, And it's distracting for me. I think... It's something that the nineties did. So if you watch nineties movies all the time, you can forget about it. Like it's not that bad, Uh, but it's annoying. It's annoying because they don't look like freaking high schoolers. However, I will say I'm just contradicting myself all over the place. I'm trying to cut this movie some slack because people love this movie. Um, anytime I look at anybody who was in high school in the nineties, they all look old, like too old to be in high school. So I bet you when this movie came out, it looked better. Um, There's also like a blockbuster in this movie. Um, There's a lot of things that date this movie, but I think you can get the theme and how it works pretty easily and cut it some slack. Like the fact that most people didn't have cell phones, it's whatever, you know? Yeah. You get over that pretty quick.
0: And I think you would know that. I mean, it's not like this movie is requiring previous knowledge in order to watch it. Um, Yeah.
1: I think you just like when you watch the movie, you're like, this is the 90s. It's going to be a little different. You'll be fine. Um, just for me, it just took a second to be like, I mean, I don't know if I, I just don't know if I liked some of the limitations that were on this movie. Another pet peeve. I... Uh, I'll let you finish your thought.
0: No, I'm, I was going to pivot. You finish.
1: Um, The amount of kids in this movie when there were no adults around
0: (laughs) it was very convenient that all the parents were like on vacation or left their husbands or out of town
1: or dead even the cop was 25 and he was the oldest person that's what i want
0: that's one of the things that i want to get into i so deputy dewey right he's the main cop in this movie And his whole character arc is that, like, he's not respected as an officer, not, like, because his sister is in, like, his sister is a high school student, and so it's like everyone knows him as just a guy. Everyone knows him as Casey's brother rather than the officer. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, my brother's trying to call me. Andrew, what the hell? (laughs) Anyway... What the hell? Um so Dewey has this character arc of like I'm not respected as a police officer and I'm like yeah I get it. At no point in this movie does Dewey like do anything that like deserves my respect.
1: Yeah, he's been on the force for around a year when he's when this movie takes place. There's also okay, so Courtney Cox plays the reporter who's reporting on the case, right? He also she also reported on the murder that occurred last year where Sydney's mom was raped and murdered. She covered that case. And I think she's still she's releasing a book about it.
0: Yes. Because um, Courtney Cox's character believes that Sydney's testimony that was the key eyewitness testimony that put the killer in jail and death row was like not accurate. So right. she's she wrote a whole book as essentially being like, hey. This high schooler wasn't right about how her mom died, and Sydney takes it personally.
1: Right. So she punches her in the face, and all that happens. So, Courtney Cox, right, one of the biggest characters in this movie, is like just following around trying to report on this killer, right? And what feels weird is she's toying with Dewey because she wants to get access to the school. She wants to interview students, she wants to, you know, get camera shots of stuff. Towards the end, I think they actually like each other, and that does not make sense. It does not play well on screen. It feels like we missed something. You're getting that too, right? Like that, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, and like the scene where they're introduced to each other, they have zero chemistry. Where Gail, which is Courtney Cox's character, is kind of like, you know, I'm really popular in your demographic. And he's like, well, I'm not in your demographic anymore, but I used to be. And I'm like, shut up. I hate this. This sucks.
1: Yeah, it just didn't play well. And it was I confusing. did
0: not like. I did not like Courtney Cox's character at all. Me either. She had no redeeming qualities. Even though, spoiler, she was right. It does not like justify like how much of a, I'm going to say it, how much of a she was the entire movie.
1: My annoying, there's a lot of annoying things. So, Courtney Cox took this role because she wanted to be something different than Monica on Friends. She's like, I want to be the mean girl. I want to be a person it's hard to get along with.
0: Congrats, you did it!
1: (laughs) She did it very well, to the point where, like, it wasn't even a believable mean. It was just a, what the heck? This person is so, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. She's kind of bro and it's so annoying
0: yeah it's just like such
1: it's so bad it feels like bad writing
0: yeah her character is only there to get in the way yeah and it's, so that it's, was frustrating
1: it's rough bro also um, speaking of <laughs> this movie swears too much <laughs> okay just too much i mean high schoolers curse so. a
0: lot so i yeah, i'm
1: gonna it was I'm willing definitely to give it one of those on times that. where we're gonna drop the f-bomb every other sentence because we can like that was one of those things that, like yeah it might be realistic but You don't, just because it's realistic doesn't mean you have to put it in, you know?
0: I've seen movies that do unnecessary cursing way worse than this movie. Like, if you want to watch a movie that curses more than it should, then, like, watch Jonah Hill's mid-90s. Like, the language in that movie genuinely ruined the experience for me. So, if people are, if teenagers are dropping F-bombs, then, like, whatever. I, I, I was able to look past that. Pretty easily. Gotcha. Yes,
1: um, yeah, it was just a, another pet peeve.
0: So, Rose McGowan and Nev Campbell have really good chemistry together. I, I like them a lot. Uh, and, like, her character, Rose McGowan, was the only character that I was like, actually, that's not true. This movie did a really good job at making me care about the characters that died because I was upset when Casey died. I was upset. When Tatum died, I was upset when Henry Winkler died.
1: There was a lot of people. Dude, this movie must have one of the highest kill counts of any movie we've seen. It's as far as scary movies, definitely it's up there. Everyone's getting got. And then the last act, more than half the bodies of the entire movie start dropping. Yeah. It was it was impressive. I'm like, you guys aren't tired of killing people
0: yet?
1: <laughs> like you're not using guns, you're using knives. You must be exhausted.
0: And so this kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning is like I think that this movie is the perfect like representation of like what 90s horror wanted to be like th- like this movie nailed it like right on the head like i think that this movie captures 90s culture and like what 90s movies were like like i think this is the best of the best representation of what 90s movies could be wanted to be and were um i just you know it it, it has its good moments it has its tense moments um it It's just, it's kind of funky at times.
1: Yeah, it's... I'm literally going to our ranking list because I feel like I'm... The emotions I had about this movie, when I watched it, I didn't regret it. And I'm trying to cut this movie from some slack so we can adjust it for inflation, right? Um, However, it just had... It's too many pet peeves, bro. And a lot of the stuff just gets on my nerves. And especially if it happens like once or twice, whatever. If it happens throughout the movie, that means I'm constantly just being annoyed. And I feel like for me, the concept was cool. Um, I feel like the script was annoying. For me, like the like the dialogue that was happening, and I feel like a lot of things were happening out of convenience. Yeah, which is literally I, how horror movies work. But I feel like we could be trying a little harder.
0: I know. I I have no interest in watching the rest of the franchise, especially since all the characters I liked died. <laughs> right. And so the only characters that are left to continue the franchise is Nev Campbell. You know, except for the new one. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Um. Nev Campbell, which is fine. She was good. Great final girl. But then that David Arquette and Courtney Cox are just in like the rest of them. It's, it would be exhausting to watch those two specifically.
1: Yeah, I'm just not a Courtney Cox fan either. Which
0: Courtney Cox is one of those actresses that I don't have a problem with. Like she is she is such a perfectly neutral contribution to any project she's in. Like I would not go to or avoid a project because Courtney Cox is in it.
1: See, I just think of how much money they spent on getting her and they could have gotten someone else.
0: You can this is the last thing I think I'm going to say is you can definitely tell that this movie was directed by Wes Craven and not written by Wes Craven. Uh he also did Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh okay. And Nightmare on Elm Street is a very imaginative and, like, specific horror movie. It was my favorite one that we watched last year. And I liked it so much because of, like, how inventive it was with so many of its concepts. And you can see in this movie, like, where the inventiveness Goes. You can see traces of inventiveness throughout this entire movie, but I feel like if Wes Craven was the one that wrote the script, we could have gotten that extra nudge that this movie. Yeah, I made. think
1: so. I'm just I'm looking back at our old numbers. Um, it looks like I gave uh, Nightmare on Elm Street a 6.5. You gave it a 7.2. Um, it's just like I'm giving this movie a five and a half. I think if Wes Craven wrote it. It could have gone right up where Nightmare is at that six point five, but because it isn't, yeah,
0: I'm giving it's a
1: five and a half for me.
0: I'm giving this a six and a quarter.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's a full uh, yeah. strike. It's, it's a like, full strike for you too. So we're both down a whole point from his other movie that we watched last year.
0: Yeah, and so like these are the two things that he's like most known for: is Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. And I'm like, well, you got it on the first one, <laughs> buddy. <laughs>
1: And, I mean, shout out him. I think uh, there's a scene where there's a janitor um, and yeah. dressed up as Freddy Krueger. I think that's him. It um, is, yeah. And you know what? We paid homage to a good time, um, but we're just not there anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, Alex, are you ready to move on to our Let's move on segment?
1: to our a segment, bro. All
0: right. This is, a, this is a new one. It's called micro scenes And... Sometimes I feel like we get a little lost in the segment itself and kind of forget to just have fun with the scene. So I've written just a bunch of scene prompts that we don't need to do. I'm thinking if we do a scene for more than like three minutes, we need to like stop. And so we'll just rapid fire. Like I have four written down. We don't have to do all four. We'll do like two three or four of them and just kind of like get some more quick paced improv back and back into the flow and
1: this improv is called micro scenes sweet yes i'm excited all
0: right uh so the first scene is uh i'm going to be you know we're going to be a a married couple and i'm going to wake up the day after my opening play on broadway and i'm reading an incredibly harsh critic review but you kind of agree with the
1: review sure and we'll keep it quick
0: yeah I can't believe it. God, these, these critics don't know what they're talking about anymore. This, this was art.
1: Um. So when did they go to the show? It couldn't have been last night. You did pretty well last no, night. No, it
0: was last night's show. They say, you know, Friday, September 29th is when they saw the show.
1: And that is a quick turnaround. Um, yeah. What, what did what did they say specifically?
0: Uh, they said uh, the script had potential. Uh, the direction was very clearly uh, well intended, uh, but the lead for some reason could not keep the chemistry within the rest of the cast, which like is not fair because I feel like I'm doing all
1: of that. But heavy you know, at the same stage. time, that's really not that bad of a review. Right. That seemed like almost constructive criticism.
0: It, c- but he's not constructing anything. He just said that it's like he, he's saying that I'm like a, a void of chemistry.
1: But but the thing is, like, it's not your fault. Like, chemistry isn't on you. It's something that's, like, there or it isn't. I'm just like, I don't think you should take a lot of that stuff, like, personal. Okay.
0: Okay, fine, fine. But, like, I know. I think, I think it's specifically, you know, he criticizes the way I did the accent. And, like, I spent, like, three months with a vocal coach trying to get that accent, like, as down as possible. But
1: the thing is, is, like, also, you shouldn't blame yourself because, I mean, British accent- accents are notoriously hard. On American actors. So if he just has an ear for it, you know, maybe. So
0: you seem to not be telling me that I am doing a good job, but rather giving me excuses as to why I'm not doing a good job.
1: Okay, hear me out. I only wrote the article because it's something you needed to hear.
0: I'm sorry, you. What? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, next one is a scene in The Fast and the Furious where one member of the family takes the furious part a little too seriously.
1: Beautiful. Do we want to be specific characters? No,
0: I don't care. Okay. You, you should start this one off.
1: Sweet. Hey, man, if you ever pull a stunt like that again, there's no guarantee we're getting out of there alive. lot. Yeah! And, you listen to him! And, and hear me out. I, I love that you can drive a drifter, but that was not the time, man. You need to stop spending so Yo! much time going around the corners wide. Focus on speed.
0: You think? You think? Do you think about some of this stuff, man? Come on!
1: I'm just saying that if you would have taken that corner any wider, you probably would have taken out some civilians, and then we would have had real police. You
0: here. gotta focus!
1: Listen, I know, you're new here, okay? But around here, we're family. And when we're family, we gotta take care of each other. And you put a lot of our lives and civilian lives in danger. That can't happen you again. You see
0: this? You think that we're not supporting each other here? Huh? We're a supportive family and you keep mucking it up.
1: Alright, now let's go out and get some food. We're gonna pray together, stay together, because we're family. And don't yeah, forget to bring some. I'm guns. gonna get
0: some McNuggets. Beautiful. Uh <laughs> a game show host that is not fully aware of the rules of the game. Oh
1: dude. This is gonna be a good
0: one. Do you wanna be the host of the player? Doesn't right? even matter. <laughs> okay. Um uh can I get the I'll get the medium difficulty question.
1: Um, sure. I think we're supposed to start easy and go to hard, but yeah, we can start on medium, uh, medium, uh, name the four TMNT characters.
0: Okay. Um, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, and Michelangelo.
1: Right. I'm that's full points and we're gonna offer it up to the other team for a st- um
0: uh no no i i got the question i got the question right
1: right but i think the other team needs to take a shot you know never mind no i got the
0: no i so i chose the question got the question right and now i get to choose again okay right
1: next what are you picking
0: okay um i'm gonna use uh i'm gonna use one of my skips so I don't have to do the hard question. And so now I'm going to move on to the next category and then, uh, but you use the skip last give, round. Mm, yeah. We're allowed one skip per round.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. You were okay. saying. Okay,
0: And so I'm going to give the hard question in the next category to the other team and make them answer it.
1: But wait, that thing's worth like 500 points. If they get it, then you just gave them 500 points.
0: Uh, but if they get it wrong, then they're out of the game.
1: But like, doesn't this seem risky? to you.
0: Yeah, that's why the game is called Risk It All.
1: Okay. Um we're going to go to the other team and ask them a question. Uh hard question for uh, staying in the game. Uh your question is name all of Denzel Washington's brothers and sisters.
0: Um S- Samantha,
1: I'm sorry that um, is incorrect. Um so we're going to offer it to the other team to steal, right? Uh
0: n- no, no. No, nope, no. If they get past a question, we don't get to steal. It's just up to them. And since they get it wrong, they're out of the game, which means which means you have to kill them.
1: Okay. With 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 what? With
0: your bare hands. You have to strangle the life. Did you not? How, you've been hosting this for like three years. But, you have to watch the light lead to, their eyes.
1: What am I supposed to do with this, Coxgun?
0: <laughs> and the last one that I have is a used horse salesman in medieval times.
1: Okay, sweet. Uh you can show me the salesman. Okay.
0: Oh man, dude, this this guy, uh, he has like 10, 12 miles on him. All right. Uh has like three fourths horsepower, and um like you can like the the coat is hardly damaged.
1: That horse looks old how does it only have a couple miles on them is it that's like calf level miles
0: yeah well i mean like you know this is a show horse more than anything else but you know kind of in old age you know when they start to you know deteriorate a little bit you know they start to get a little bit more practical in use rather than just shown off in, in a stable or something
1: would this be good in like A work atmosphere
0: um depends on the kind of work like if there's a lot of heavy lifting to be done maybe not but if you're just trying to get from point a to point b you know this horse will get you there yeah
1: we're looking for another carriage horse do you know if it gets along with other horses
0: um it gets along with other horses as long as it can't see the other horse
1: Okay, how many owners has it had?
0: One, two, three. Excuse me. Four. Does it count if they've only if they only had the horse for like two or three hours? Yeah,
1: it still counts. Then seven. Hey man, I want really to need to see the horse facts on this. Um, has it been in any accidents?
0: Um, there was one time where the horse ran over the queen. Um, the queen. That was a
1: like the queen. Yeah,
0: the queen. Yeah, and so if the queen sees the horse, there is a non-zero chance. Like, she'll go into a blood rage and try to kill the horse, so it's just up to you to get away from her before that happens.
1: Okay, has is this horse due for any maintenance soon?
0: Um, I just tuned him up right before you came by, you know, gave it new horseshoes, smacked his butt a few times, I think that's what I was supposed to do. Um, It kicked, which means, you know... That sound that seems like the horses are supposed to do that. So I think it's all good.
1: And what am I looking at for a warranty on this thing? What's your return policy?
0: Uh, yeah. If you turn him back in 45 minutes after you take him off the lot, you know,
1: 45 it's minutes. It's like the deal never happened. I don't even, I don't even have a saddle for this thing. How am I going to know if you can run on 45 minutes?
0: Whoa, whoa. I'm just here for the horse, man. The saddle's on you. OK, I'm not an accessory guy. I'm just a horse guy. Well,
1: you're about to be an accessory to murder because you're coming with me cox-gun in medieval times so unsheathed sword
0: yeah. <laughs> um those were micro scenes
1: sweet dude i dig it, it yeah. takes a lot of the pressure off and i can appreciate that um so i got a middle segment for us another new segment um it's called actor acumen and i'm asking you okay multiple choice Googling questions
0: what acumen means hold on oh that didn't help
1: Acumen is A-C-U-M. I'm just gonna assume I know what it means. It's like niche knowledge, like special insight on actors. So, what I've collected is four actors, and one of these is not like the other. Okay. You're not going to know the category. You just need to be able to pick them out in a lineup. Which one is not like the others? If you guess the right person, it's one point. And if you guess the category, it's an additional point. You're hoping to break even. Okay. I have 11 questions. So, hopefully, you can miss some, but if you guess the category, you can get some points back. And if you guess a category that is correct, but it's not the one I have, that's two points. But I've gone out of my way to make that very difficult.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. So your first round of actors, which one of these is not like the other? Natalie Portman. Oh, I should also tell you, the categories is going to have nothing to do with age, nothing to do with race, and nothing to do with gender. So if there's three guys and a girl, that's not the category. All right. And they're all acting related. So, you can't okay. be like, which one of these has kids or which one of these owns a horse? Like, that's not going to be. Okay. Work. All right. Natalie Portman, Jason Bateman, Scarlett Johansson, John Hamm.
0: I'm going to say it's Natalie Portman, and the category is, has all been in a Netflix original movie.
1: That is incorrect. It's John Hamm, and the category was child actors John oh, Hamm started okay. acting at 37 and okay. all the rest of them were child actors so you're down just one no big deal next one Jennifer Lopez Will Smith Bradley Cooper Mark Wahlberg
0: Mark Wahlberg they've all been in singing movies
1: yes that is correct but you picked the wrong person um oh is it Will Smith no it's Bradley Cooper all the other three you... were musicians before they were actors
0: okay okay a Star is Born kind of threw me for a loop.
1: I that's why I included him. So yeah, they all have musical abilities. Um they've all been in singing movies and stuff, but Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark before he was Mark Wahlberg.
0: With his, you know, funky bunch.
1: Yeah, sure. And uh in Calvin Klein ads and stuff. All right, next one. Cameron Diaz, Gerard Butler, Gwyneth Paltrow, Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: Um one more time.
1: Cameron Diaz, Gerard Butler. They've
0: all been nominated for an Oscar except for Cameron Diaz
1: incorrect they're all retired except for gerard butler mm. all right okay this one's an easier one here you go i think you're gonna get the next two maybe even three henry cavill cavill henry cavill andrew garfield timothy chalamet daniel Kaluuya, henry cavill andrew garfield timothy chalamet daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya.
0: this is such a great question um because is it here where like Everybody but Henry Cavill's been nominated for an Oscar? No. I might be right, but that's not what you wrote down.
1: I don't think Andrew Garfield. Oh, he has. And so has Daniel was. He was. Timothy Chalamet. Let me look up Timothy Chalamet real quick.
0: Uh, He was Dune.
1: Oh, nominated? Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, let me look it. Here's the thing with nominated for an Oscar, right? Most of these categories are famous people, and there's going to be one of them who isn't. So that would work for every single one, and I'm having no repeats. So I'll give you points on this one. Okay. But you can't say it again because obviously, it's, I mean, all the people I'm using are famous people. So most. Of I
0: think it has something to do with adaptations, where Daniel Kaluuya is the only person that hasn't been in an adapt, like a, a a media adaptation, in the last two or three years.
1: Uh, not true. Um, because he was in Black Panther, and that's a comic book adaptation. Okay. Uh, it's Timothy Chalamet okay. He's not British. All oh, the rest are okay. British actors. I'll give you bonus points though, because you named a category, and Harry Cavill was in it, so you plus plus two. But you can't say. That person's not nominated. The, uh, it's not one of them. Okay. All right, here we go.
0: Hold on. You told me it was not going to have anything, that they were all acting related.
1: Yeah. They're British actors.
0: <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> that doesn't count. Okay.
1: You know what? That's- we'll nix it entirely, but I'm taking away your two points then. <laughs> okay.
0: That's fine. Okay. We're nixing I'll it entirely. die
1: Here we go. And that, mm, okay. I will say, I will let you know we have one more that's not acting related, and I'll let you know when we get there. Okay. Here we go. Ed- I almost told you the category. Edward Norton. <laughs> Angelina Jolie, Emily Blunt, Michael B. Jordan. Edward Norton, Angelina Jolie, Emily Blunt, Michael B. Jordan.
0: Have all played secret agents except for Edward Norton.
1: Emily Blunt, only one not in a Marvel movie.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Okay, next one. George Clooney, Ben Affleck, Megan Fox, Olivia Wilde.
0: Megan Fox is the only one of those that aren't also directors.
1: Nailed it. You got the category and the person. Yeah. That's your plus two, boy. You got it back. All right, John Krasinski, Kristen Bell, Penelope Cruz, Idris Elba. Kristen Bell, John Krasinski, Kristen Bell, Penelope Cruz, Idris Elba.
0: Penelope Cruz is such an interesting pull because she's not in a lot. Like the my go-to Penelope Cruz movie is Pirates of the Caribbean Four. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know like how to. So put does that her mean that
1: it's such a niche pull? That it must be real, or it's such a niche poll that there's no way it's real.
0: I'm god, I just I can't stop thinking about Kristen Bell for some reason. Wait, Penelope Cruz is the only one that didn't start as a TV actor.
1: No, unfortunately. Um, it's Idris Alba. He was the only one where he wasn't in a movie when their significant other played their significant other.
0: I'm starting to think that this game sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard and it's getting harder. You might get this next one. Um, Clint Eastwood, Donald Sutherland, Martin Sheen, Alan Alda.
0: I know all of them, but uh, Alan Alda voted for Trump twice? I
1: mean, you got the person. Uh, all the rest are parents of a child who's also in the industry.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um got three left. This is your non-movie related question. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Pattinson.
0: They all dated Taylor Swift except for one of them. That's the category.
1: Harry Styles. It's the fourth one. Tom Hiddleston. Wait! <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal Robert I did
0: Jake Gyllenhaal did and who was the last one he said
1: Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston did
0: both of them did
1: Robert Pattinson so I think it's
0: Robert Pattinson
1: Harry Styles it's Robert Pattinson, it's Robert Pattinson it is Robert Pattinson dated Twi- yes. Taylor Swift yes okay that's on talk I knew if you were going to get one it was going to be that one <laughs> alright here we go two left
0: Robert, Robert Pattinson dated uh, Kristen Stewart yes and I got them confused in my mind
1: Philip Seymour Hoffman Alan Rickman Paul Walker, Heath Ledger. This one's hard, so take some time on it. Philip Seymour Hoffman. It has Hoffman, to do
0: with their deaths.
1: Alan Rickman, Heath Ledger, Paul Walker. It
0: has to do with their deaths. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that it's Philip. No, I'm going to say it's Alan Rickman, who did not die of like overdose or self-infliction or anything like that.
1: Um, It is Alan Rickman. He's the only one that didn't die while filming, so he wasn't in the middle of a project. Okay. But you're getting okay. points for the right person, dude. Yeah. We're we're on our last one, and you've got with extra points. You're five out of nine right now, so you need to get this one okay. right to get above fifty percent. <laughs> Here we go. This one is by far the hardest, so you just need to bank that you pick the right person out of four. Okay, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, Al Pacino, Michael Douglas, and they all have an Oscar win, by the way. So don't whip that one out again.
0: Who was the last? Who was the last one? Michael Douglas, the Michael Hank.
1: Kate Blanchett Kate Winslet Al Pacino Michael Douglas
0: um dude this one's a tough one it is here's what I'm gonna say yeah okay this is my shot in the dark okay just to give myself some sort of like levity and like maybe win back some respect in the audience after bombing this game pretty hard is like I'm not looking anything up while I'm doing this it's also I right? made this all... game
1: intentionally very difficult to look up because you don't even know what category to look them up for
0: yeah. Um, huh. is it Kate Winslet and she's the only one that's done nudity?
1: No, it's Kate Blanchett. She's the only one without an Emmy. Everyone else has won an Oscar and an Emmy. She doesn't have an I Emmy. I
0: hate you. I hate you it's so an, much.
1: It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, but you know, five out of 10, it, bad. It's, it's commendable. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing, dude. You have to be like in my mind to even guess the categories and shout out Taylor Swift. Cause it got that one. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's tricky. It's tricky.
0: It's, it is tricky.
1: Um, but that's um, the point of the game, on, actor acumen. Yeah.
0: Um, we're going to move on to our one-hit wonder. Um, uh, this one's called Unqualified Experts. Um, Alex, we're going to write a WikiHow article. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so here's what I learned when signing up for WikiHow to write said article. Most wikis. Are generally like, hey, we understand we're a wiki. Please don't take advantage of us. Please don't actively spread misinformation. Do your best and genuinely put in effort. WikiHow does nothing of the sort. Nice. Wiki, you sign, you sign up, you connect your Google account, and WikiHow is just like, start writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do we, what do we want to write about?
1: Um, it should be something that people see. So okay. how to become a successful podcast? Because people Google that all the
0: time. Okay. We, okay. So I type that in and the, WikiHow was trying to stop me. They're like, hey, what if you already have, like, what if, are any of these topics what you did? And I have to lie and say <laughs> no. Enter one step here and then click add step. Okay. So step number one, obviously, um, learn what a right. podcast is.
1: Step two: Listen to podcasts um, and for research.
0: Listen to podcast. Be is okay. So we have to be as detailed as possible when describing how to do each step. So let's go back to learn what a podcast is, and like let's let's give let's embellish a little bit more. Okay. okay? Uh, learn. Look what a it podcast up on WikiHow. Is. Um, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 2022. If you don't know what a podcast is, then
1: like. Have you never heard of Joe Rogan? Also, Obama had one, bro. <laughs> what? Also, Hillary Clinton has one. How do you not know what one is? There's one that applies to your specific demographic. Mm, also, they're listening to our podcast, so I know that our audience is culture. You don't know that? Yes, they are. Someone
0: might be genuinely yeah, looking hey, this Yeah, Hey, plug one our
1: stuff then, while, while you're at it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so, what do we say? Step number. Step number two was listen to podcasts yeah. to.
1: Like familiarize yourself with the sh- genre, with the
0: to become familiar the platform with the
1: medium. Media. That's the word I was looking for. There goes my stroke again.
0: Our <laughs> our expert recommendation is the film comedy podcast Permanent Good,
1: and also like armchair expert, <laughs> Dak Shepard, <laughs> as
0: well as. As well as the hit non controversial daily non controversial online show, The Daily Wire, we stand by everything that is said on that show. Perfect. Um, step number three get good recording equipment.
1: I don't even know if it has to be good, just get recording equipment. Well,
0: I actually, you don't even need
1: to, you just record on your phone number shout out savage bro savage (laughs) (laughs) it's been a minute bro but Um, shout out savage because it so
0: step so step three is just
1: start start recording
0: recording. that's it
1: get your reps in do you need a plan or what you're going to talk about publisher like no yeah i think you just need to get started i think if you think about it too much you're going to waste time when you could have started already. all right
0: step number four release no, it edit. unedited
1: oh, sure okay man we're truly trying to cut down our competition
0: yeah if you aren't good off the riff then what's the point We're not going to tell you out how out to
1: product? record it we're not going to tell you where to edit it we're not going to tell you how to put it out just start sending it to people
0: okay so that's step number 5 is send it to everyone yeah. you know
1: Ignore their feedback, send it to more people. Post it on TikTok.
0: Um, so step 5 is brain is like market and brand yourself. Um, social media is very yep. important.
1: And maybe you should find a co-host.
0: Uh, and let's do one more step. What what's the 7th and final step?
1: R- or rinse and repeat. Okay. I'm cool with so that one too.
0: Here, so yep. here's what I have. Step 1, learn what a podcast is. It's 2022. If you don't know what a podcast is, then you're probably categorically stupid. Hillary Clinton has one. Step number two, listen to podcasts to become familiar with the medium. Our expert recommendation is the film slash comedy podcast Permanent Good, as well as the hit non-controversial online show The Daily Wire. We stand by everything that is said on that show. Step number three, start recording. That's it. You don't need a plan. If you think about it too much, then you've already wasted too much time. It's an oversaturated market, and you're 10 years too late. That time is only ticking up, buddy. Step number four, release it unedited if you weren't good off the riff then what's the point of trying to put out the riff or off the rip step number (laughs) who cares step number five send it to everyone you know your mom your brother your ex you still talk to your ex you don't talk to everyone step number six market and brand yourself social media is very important i don't know how to use it but people tell me it's important and then step number seven is get famous comma duh um I feel like we should add some warnings. There's a section for warnings. What should we put down here? Um, Inflated ego. Don't start with a video podcast. Do. Um, st- don't start with video. It's too hard. Yeah, facts. St- still, still stuck in iMovie. It has not let me or my family go.
1: Avoid. Oh, avoid controversial topics. That's another big one. And don't intentionally mislead people and create a wiki article promoting your podcast. <laughs> It still pisses me off that you can type without looking.
0: <laughs> okay, so the four warnings we have is: don't start with video; it's too hard. Avoid controversial topics like movies, yep. books, or cooking. And then do your best to not spread misinformation on your podcast or online. Beautiful, weekends. dude. That like this is honestly perfect. So if we get the article is not oh the article has to go into review.
1: Well, it's been fun, guys. <laughs>
0: Hey, are you ready for the podcast email to get banned from Wikihow? Whoops. <laughs> what I'm so excited now is the person that's manually reviewing this gets to the part where we review, where we talk about podcasts, like podcasts we recommend. And they're like, huh, one plus one equals two. I bet it was these guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God. You know what? I don't need email. I hope, they're a, fan, oh, I hope they're a fan, bro. man! I hope we get a fan after this. At the very least, yikes! Anyway, that's a one hit (laughs) wonder, bro. A way to like—is there a way to unsubmit this? Uh, uh, yikes! Probably should have used a burner email on this one. (laughs) Oh well, Alex, what do you have for the free balling?
1: I watched the series Severance on Apple TV Plus. Okay, it is so freaking good,
0: bro. but also like really dark and I don't know if I'm in a good mess it's not
1: space really dark it's dark it's not really dark and it's not even dark the whole time it just has dark elements I would I'm recommending it to everybody I'm recommending it to 100% to everybody unless um, self-harm scenes. Trigger you. In which case, there are two episodes that you can't watch. Other than that, it's freaking nine episodes long, and I'm giving it out of ten a nine or a ten. Wow! It is wow so good, dude. It 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 feels like a long Black Mirror episode. Okay. And the acting is stellar, and the dialogue is stellar, and the aesthetics are stellar, and the set is beautiful. Some might say stellar. It's freaking awesome. It is so good, and I'm recommend, dude. You need to watch it. Okay. It's a Sounds vibe.
0: Um, I watched Do Revenge on Netflix, and this movie is this decade's high school dram-com, I guess you would call it. So, like, Heathers, Clueless, Mean Girls, Easy A, Do Revenge. Like, that's the genre it lives in. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> it's Camilla Mendes and Maya Hop and... I went into this movie not really expecting to like it because I don't care for Mean Girls that much. EZA is good. Like, it's it's fine. Nothing to write home about. But, like, Do Revenge is, like, pretty good. Like, Camille Mendes and Maya Hawke have really good chemistry in the movie. And there's a plot twist that I genuinely did not see coming and, like, reinvigorated me for the rest of the movie. So... Like, the, the basic premise is, uh, the movie starts with Kamiya Mendez. Her character's reputation gets completely destroyed right before summer. And then over the summer, she meets Maya Hawk's character. And then when they get back to school together the next year, it's like, I want to do revenge. You want to do revenge. Obviously, we can't do them ourselves because they'll know it comes from us. So let's do revenge for each other nice. so it's a really cool concept it, i think it's just it's a it's that light-hearted but it's charming it's a very charming aesthetically pleasing if you've missed that like mean girl style of movie this this is the closest i think this faithfully recreates that energy in a in a really good way um i give it a flat seven uh it's it's cool and i i recommend it a lot
1: Uh, I just looked up Hawk. Uh, She's the child of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke.
0: All right. Congrats, everybody. Everyone on Earth now knows that. Alex was the last person that didn't know. And now everyone knows. Yeah.
1: I mean, shout out everyone like me who hasn't watched Stranger (laughs) Things. Uh, Because apparently this chick's kind of a big deal. She
0: is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The second thing that I have is I watched a movie called See How They Run. I've never seen a movie get marketed less. Then see how they run. Theatrically released. Oh, this is the Who Done I didn't see a single advertisement. for I it. I saw
1: one ad for it today.
0: It's it's Saoirse Ronan and Sam Rockwell, and it is a Who Done It, like you said. It's set in the 1950s, and this movie it does a really good job at poking fun of the Who Done It genre while also participating within it. I don't want to say it's like the Who Done It version of Scream. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> but it kind of is. And so, hey, if you don't like fourth wall breaks, then you might not like this movie. But like I said, I do like it. And I think whodunits, especially whodunits that are self-aware, have an incredible amount of charm. And this movie is no different. Sam Rockwell plays like the grizzled, world-weary detective, and Saoirse Ronan is the new constable that's over eager to get things done and do it correctly. And so they have like, they're two people I would not have thought to put in a movie together, but they do a really good job. Um, and the mystery is really cool. And this movie doesn't put itself into a box in the way that most whodunits it do mm-hmm. and i think that this movie is improved remarkably because of it. that it has a good sense of humor it never lets itself get too serious but still respects the medium it's in and what it's trying to do and what i really liked about this movie is it tells you exactly how the movie is going to end an hour before it happens, but an hour of movie happens in between. So you, so I sat there and I'm like, Oh, they're telling us how the movie ends. I was able to recognize that. And then an hour goes by and then the movie starts to end. And I'm like, Oh yeah, they told us exactly how the, how how this is gonna happen. Oh, nice. I know it, it was a it was a cool use of foreshadowing where it's like we're not trying to hide the foreshadowing. We're just gonna bury it until you forget, which Jeez, I think dude. is a really good way to do foreshadowing. Um, this is another flat seven. The thing about Who Done It is they never achieve the level of mystery that I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Like I know for some reason I'm never fully satisfied by the way uh the revelation of a whodunit like reveals itself but other than that you know this movie is just it's it's very good it's everything that death on the nile wanted to be
1: good to know bro because i was real worried but i mean it's sweet it's in theaters right now right beautiful go out and see it anything else no that's it man that's all i got
0: all right what are we watching next week
1: we're watching child's play you might know it because it's got chucky in it came out in 1988 and i'm excited bro we're continuing the theme of classic horror for this October, and I hope you stick along, stick around, yeah. come along. I
0: don't, I, I don't have a lot of expectations for this movie. Um,
1: it's a classic, that's why we're watching it. You know, we're not. Listen, people, if they don't know that we don't watch good movies, we watch classic movies. They don't know us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. We save two months out of the year for us watching movies we want right. to watch.
1: Everything else is because so many people have talked about it. We feel like we're we have to. It's an obligation.
0: But. Right? whatever my name is craig wells aka permanent handle
1: and i'm alex good aka alex good
0: have fun be safe and make good choices
1: and while you're at it tell your mama said hi
0: see you next week
1: deuces